Uh, and it's time, the last final available time, before we hit the voting booths for in our 2023 election countdown special, for Carcass. Banter on where culture and politics is and isn't meeting on the hustings. And I am joined uh, by Wellington Urban Dream Brokerage Arts Broker and Hairdresser Jason Political Cuts Muir and Jane Young, a Theatre Director and Creative Catalyst at Auckland Regional Arts Trust Te Tomata Toya Tiwi. Kia ora korua. Kia ora, Mark. Do you like how I say Creative Catalyst? Yes. Is that right? Yes, it was nice. Punchy. Such a great job title, Jane. It is a great job title. I love it because it's, it's kind of innovative. We're working it out as we go because um, that's what arts advocacy is, really. Kia ora, Jason, hairdresser. Hello. Uh, kia ora, Mark. Your hair's looking very good today too, I'll just know. Well, thank thank you. you. Hey, well, it's awards time. Um, we're going to just stay on the lighthearted side of things before we get into cultural policy. So I think it's time to give out our award for social media performer of the campaign. Uh, anyone going to introduce them for us? Oh, I can't not. I think it was me that first flagged it with everybody, right? Yeah. yeah. Martua Shane from up in Northland. Croatian Māori from Awanui. What else can we say? Let well, him take the floor. Well, we'll let him take the floor. I mean, you can see Pirate Shane Jones um, as well um, up on TikTok, but here from TikTok is my party and I'll dance if I want to. Take it away. Go, go, go. Go Shane Jones, it's my party. We're gonna party like it, it's my party. New Zealand first, yo, it's my party. We would really like your vote, cause it's my party. Come find me on News Hub, or political scrum. I, I got what you need, come give me some votes. I'm into building back, Kaikaya to Kaipara. Hands up in the north, my tours go hard. Go Jonesy, this ain't my first day. I'm a veteran, and I'm feeling this day. Boomers, millennials, and Gen Z. I'm about to run it straight to vote for Jonesy. Go, 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 change Jones. Go, oh. go, go, go. Oh, that's definitely, that's a definitely an award-winning performance there from Shane that's Jones. That's amazing. Did no, you know, did no you know wonder that? they're coming up in the, no wonder they're coming up in the polls, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, one of his um, TikTok videos, someone commented, um, bit of an auto-tune, could have done better, can't wait to see you at Spark Arena. Which makes me think, imagine if we had an arts, culture and creativity strategy that prioritised community access to the technology and equipment needed to make art and Shane Jones is just on the precipice of an illustrious music career, one that really good cultural policy could help support, you know. Well, you know, Jane, so your organisation, Te Tomata Toya Iwi, have been doing this work, right? You've been having hui uh, to ask what should be in a cultural strategy. Is that right? Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, yeah. It's been pretty exciting, actually. Um, This feels like the real start of a national advocacy movement, really. Um, And just to note that this is the collective mahi of RANA, the Regional Arts Network Aotearoa, and um, AMA, the Arts Makers of Aotearoa, and also need to acknowledge the amazing Artists Make campaign being run by Dan. That's Dignity and Money Now. Yeah. Um, and the Artists Action Now site um, has been designed as like a rallying point for the arts and culture sector slash industry slash community, whatever you want to call it, during this election. Um, and it's been a real call for an Aotearoa arts, culture and creativity strategy and or for just like a whiff of cultural policy this election. Um, and we also asked arts spokespeople from across the Motu to film themselves answering questions about arts and culture. 
Mm. Um, we got three videos. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Could you have done better there, do you think, Jane? Hey, we got three great videos, and they're on the Arts Action Now website. Go and check them I, out. I, th- I think you should have got Shane Jones's lot involved in that. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I think he really should be the Arts Spokesperson for NZ First, and that, like, they really, really should have a really bold arts, culture and creativity strategy. Well, you heard it here first. Look, well, the Australians got there first. Let us remind uh, New Zealand, if you're feeling like this is an impossibility or low down the priority, that the current Australian government came in on the promise of a national cultural policy. Uh, they have delivered one in January. They're implementing it. They're re redrawing, they're restructuring their Arts Council, uh, now called like ours, Creative Australia. Uh, they're putting in some kind of task force around artisan employment. They're doing the mahi that everyone is asking for, right? Yeah, I, got, I agree. I don't mind jumping in here. I totally agree. And I think, you know, coupled up with the um, campaign um, around Yes um, Voice, uh, I think that what we're seeing in Australia is a government that really values um, culture and understands culture and is putting it right at the forefront. And I think that's a real lesson, you know, let alone art strategy, but the wider thing, that's a, that should be a real lesson to um, governments coming in, whatever it's going to be made up as. Yeah, absolutely. And also just want to echo, Jason, something you said on a previous episode about leadership. Yes. Um, because a lot of this work has been driven by Minister Tony Burke, who said that, Artists aren't hobbyists, they're workers. Mm. In fact, they're essential workers. They help us to know ourselves, understand each other and what the world and let the world get us to know us. And I should have said that in an Australian accent. So I apologize <laughs> for the inauthentic nature hey, of that. Hey Jane, word. I'm glad that you sorry, I'm glad you bring that up. I just you know, it's so great to just hear a politician talking about arts and culture in that fashion. And it, and it really strikes me, I've been talking around the last couple of weeks since our last show as well, you know, people really struggle to come up with a political champion for the arts at the moment. So, yeah, that's... Uh, well, it is an important thing. We did talk about this quite a lot last um, carcass, I think, which people can find on our Culture 101 webpage, which is that uh, our leaders have shown a real lack of any understanding of, of any great recent contemporary New Zealand novels or songs or anything. And you, and you would have thought that they would be at least advised on this stuff to actually be boned up. I mean, because if you ask them if they know any of the current All Blacks and they drew a blank, Mm. I think, you know, Mm. there would be horror expressed nationwide. And essentially, if you can't tell us about Eleanor Catton's latest novel, who are you? Mm. Absolutely. In in our um, Arts Action Now Wānanga yesterday, one of the points that came up um, in terms of what we'd like to see in 10 years' time is creative um, practice for any decision maker, any politician, and actually creative practice for everyone across Aotearoa. So could we could we give the, give the incoming government a bit of a cultural pack? Like, you know, give the new Prime Minister or the, the current Prime Minister, if he carries on, Mr Hipkins, a bit of a pack. You know, like, here's your top five books to read, Prime Minister. Here's, here's, here's a playlist on Spotify for you. You know, let's bone up. Let's represent our country because the arts mean big bickies in terms of tourism and, and every other indicator. I think you've just put yourself down for, yeah. for leading the South, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> hey, but that could go better. That's a beautiful idea, though, Mark, and I think... Um, was it you, Jane, that was talking about um, a couple of weeks back, like, you know, that you are looking at having a document ready for um, 
incoming minister and maybe that just needs to accompany it. Absolutely. And what we're doing is from all of the kōrero that we've had at these wānanga is to put together from sector a briefing to incoming ministers about what sector is saying and saying mm. and what it needs at the moment because things are very different from 2020 election. Mm. Although some of the conversations are still the same, like the importance of creativity across our whole society um, and the need for cross-ministerial mashups of arts, culture and creativity and the need for arts advisors, kind of like science advisors. Jason, you've been looking, you're being stuck into the knittings, knitting as it were, and we'll come to knitting in a second, um, and looking at party politics and the Crown expenses. I was kind of interested as to, you know, if if we were the incoming government and they had a first list of expenses, you know, how do, how does the arts and culture look like it's going to do? Yeah, no, that, I think it's fascinating, and you know, I found that a really interesting exercise to do. Um, you know, an obvious place to start is the MCH budget, and that that kind of tells a story in itself. Um, and I'd, and I'd, it would be wonderful to hear some kind of feedback about that. But then looking at it on the wider scale, like where did that represent? And what I found to be the most basic breakdown of expenses of our government. And in some ways, I guess I wasn't surprised by. And the line was there were fifteen about fifteen different lines of expenses: health, education, transport, etc. And it was culture and recreation. And it was probably represented, maybe it was a figure around about what I was imagining. Some of the things that I thought made us potentially look vulnerable were some of the other numbers around it. Um, you know, there were some areas that I thought I was a bit surprised by how little investment they had and some that had more. And I, I guess just putting, trying to put my eyes into if I was one type of government coming in, what would I look at? And if I was a, another um you know, we're talking left and right here, right? But if I was looking at it from another perspective, what could that mean? And I do think there are vulnerabilities there for, um, you know, that whole kind of culture and recreation um, line going forward, definitely, especially with the political rhetoric happening around the place with cuts and, you know, all of this kind of thing going on. So, yeah, they do paint a picture. There's no doubt about it. Jane, any thoughts on where things will be post-election in terms of the way arts and culture can be more integrated into you know, government spending. Well, uh, to respond to Jason and to you, Mark, just coming back again, banging on about the strategy stuff, because if you have a really good strategy, it can last through and be ongoing. And if you have really good investment strategy alongside it, you can change a lot of things. You can change that budget that you're looking at, mm. Jason. Um, Tony, Mr. Minister Tony Burke, our dear friend, <laughs> um, he committed an extra $286 million for the sector mm. that had been, a, a sector that in Australia had been facing cuts year after year. And so that's what new cultural policy can do. Mm. Um, and it can ride the wave of elections as well. Okay, well, thank you for you both for being on Carcass uh, coming up to this election. Uh, we won't be doing any uh, post-election analysis quite yet, but we do want to give out another award, which is for most creative billboard around the country. We've had quite a few interesting ones um, over the Carcass show. You can see them on our webpage. The the great um, David Seymour as Ken from the Barbie movie was uh, a highlight last week, and uh, get. New Zealand Back on Tracks was a lovely alteration uh, that we saw earlier. But today's one, which people can see on our webpage, um, and we really, I really recommend you have a check this one out, is uh, uh, the site of Chris Hipkins uh, having done some very proud about his knitting, isn't he? He's, um, <laughs> uh, he's where are we say? So rather than him saying, in it for you, he now says, I knit for you. And he's got a rather fetching red scarf on. 
It's very jaunty. It's very beautiful. I quite like the tie and scarf combo. I yeah. think that's quite cute. It shows I care about not getting sick and looking fashionable. <laughs> I feel like it could be the campaign, you know, like I knit for you. Like that actually, if you think about it, that could be Chris Hipkins, right? They could have run with this instead of I'm in it for you. He feels like he would love a woolen scarf like that. I thought it was just, I actually was surprised it was parody, to be honest, when I first yeah. saw it. I, it is a compelling <laughs> election campaign. And it, it also honours generations of knitters across centuries, and it acknowledges knitting as an art form. Well, there we go. There's our award, most creative uh, billboard of the year. You'll find it on our webpage at Culture 101, I Knit For You. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Jason and Jane.